Okay, here we go. We're rolling. We're live. Shalom. Welcome. This is episode four. Four. Yet to be titled. Yeah, we'll see what we say. See if we say anything interesting. Hmm. <laughs> Welcome. This is Let's Be Realistic, the podcast. I'm Nicole. I'm Patrick. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for listening. If you've been listening, we really appreciate the support. Yeah, and if you like us, please hit subscribe. Follow, follow whatever it is, whatever platform you use. We're on basically all the podcast platforms. Yes. iTunes, re- Spotify. Apple, Google, all those. Yeah. But if you like us, leave a review. That helps us too. That would be amazing. Yeah. We're trying to see if we can make this a thing. So all of your reviews and subscriptions and follows help a ton. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can go to AshJeeves.com. Patrick and search let's be realistic podcast and you'll find us does that even still exist uh it's just ask.com now why but no one uses he does this all the time when he's talking to someone who isn't very technologically savvy he tells them to go to ask Jeeves it's just a mean joke you know what I specifically do this to uh secretaries at work that will ask me the most rudimentary questions I had a secretary who asked me one time how to drag a drop I was like I, I, was, I was like blown away. I was like, you drag yeah. a drop. She's like, but how do you do it? <laughs> I was like, this is going to be fun. Great. Go to Ask Jeeves. Go to AskJeeves.com and There's... click the subscribe button. No. But seriously, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. It's crazy that anyone would want to listen to us, especially four episodes in a row. So thank you. We are you. very humbled. Um, and <laughs> it's, very... it's hard to do a podcast. It is. I have so much it respect is. for podcasters. I think it's really hard to put out like a quality product. Oh, yeah. No, that's hard too. And especially because our our subject right now is so fluid. So our content is just us talking to each other, which is the goal anyway. But like that part's hard. So I think we're, we're trying to find our niche right now. And we appreciate you guys being along for the ride. And it was especially hard last episode because we were on location in the Outer Banks. Yeah. We were on vacation, just chilling, having a grand old time. Living it up. Living it up. Yeah, it was awesome. It's really but, hard to put out something then because I just wanted to sit and eat seafood. and. Yeah, but we have to be consistent. We got to yeah. stick with our every other Absolutely. Sunday cadence. So um, anyway, thank you. This is the intro. Um, today we want to talk... About something a little different because, well, at least this intro part, because there are coffee beans in our podcast artwork and we've like not even talked about coffee at all, but it's something that we both are super passionate about. We love coffee, drink it daily, and we try to find um, interesting coffee roasting companies. We like local, but we like companies that support a cause and that are doing things a little differently. So what are we drinking today, Patrick? Why don't you tell us about it? Uh, Right now I have... Uh, BRCC, Black Rifle Coffee Co. This is part of our subscription. So we subscribe to a monthly... Um, subscription. Yeah, I think it's just 12 ounces of coffee once a month, 15 bucks. And you get... Uh, this is the Silencer Smooth. Um, it's good. I like it. It is really good. It's one of their lighter roasts. It's right? their lighter roast. Yeah. And I love it so, so much. Uh, Black as Night. Just drink it black as night. It's so good. We make it in our cold brew maker in the fridge. And then every morning we have cold coffee. Because we're in Phoenix, it's real hot here. So all summer I can't drink hot coffee. And you never drink hot coffee. No, full disclosure, I drink black cold brew. All the time. All the time. I think every day for the last, what, six years? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, I can't drink it black. I wish I could. But I have to put cream or half and half or something in it. I don't put sugar in it, but... 
I need something to lighten it up. But it is delicious. I love this roast. Um, you guys should definitely check them out. They're not sponsoring us. We just no, we're hopping into it. Yeah, we're just going for it. Um, <laughs> Maybe a portion. One day. Yeah, they're veteran owned. A portion of their proceeds goes to like helping veterans find jobs. Yep, find jobs, job placement, that. things like that. Yeah. Uh, so you know they're really out there hoofing it for for the common man. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we like to implement some sort of coffee segment at the beginning of as many episodes as we can because we try a lot of different kinds and yeah. we'd like to tell you about it. It's something we love. I think a lot of people love coffee. Yeah, I've got, um, I think it like goes on a scale of like uh, one to how much it makes you want to poop. <laughs> what? No, seriously. Like, like I judge a coffee on how quickly it makes me evacuate my bowels. Oh, so is that good if it does? The more quickly, the better? Um, no, I like it somewhere in the middle because sometimes the coffee that makes me evacuate my bowels the quickest also gives me a panic attack oh, because okay. it's so caffeinated. So is it the caffeine specifically that you're rating, really? Perhaps. Okay. Perhaps. All right, well, what is this? Uh, what's your scale? You have to be more specific. Um, on a scale of one to I'm sitting in my own feces. But what is that? You have to equate that to a number if you're going to use numbers. Well, it's a 10, obviously. Okay. A 10 That's means I just took one sip and shat myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so, so what is this? I would say this is a four. Okay, it's not bad. Yeah, no, the, this is a golf a golf score Thing. The lower the better. I mean, I don't want to oh, shat myself. Okay. You know. Well, no, but you also want it to be caffeinated. Sure, and I do want to encourage a, a movement. Oh my gosh. Especially <laughs> oh, in the Lord morning. Got to stay okay. regular, folks. Anyway. Let's be realistic. You want to stay um, regular. Anyway, this is very good coffee. We highly recommend it. Yes. Yes. So, what do you want to talk about today? I think today. We're going to talk about changing jobs. It's something that has been super prevalent in our lives as of late. Much more me than you, but now you as of recently too. Um, and I think changing jobs and quitting your current job comes with a lot of anxiety. I know it does for me. It absolutely does for me. Okay. And I think it probably does for a lot of people. You feel obligated to stay at your current job. Maybe even if you don't like it. You feel like you should stay, you should, maybe you love the people you work with, maybe you really carry a lot of weight on your team and you would feel bad leaving them. I, whatever the reason is, I think there's a lot of like concern around leaving your job, putting in your two weeks. It's a stressful conversation by itself. Yeah, you're giving up security, you're giving up uh, familiarity. Something you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, but I think there are a lot of pros to switching jobs, especially for a better opportunity. And I think we should talk about all the reasons why you're not obligated to your current employer and how to kind of navigate quitting and starting a new job. Absolutely. I think you should kick this off because you have the most... <laughs> experience changing the jobs. The most experience oh at changing gosh, jobs. I really do. Um, I would say in the last five years, you've almost run the full gambit of like different job change categories situations like situations the reasons i'm leaving yeah. the job yeah absolutely i've been fired i've quit for a better opportunity i've quit because my company's closing laid off essentially yeah. sort of yeah um i mean because you would have you would have been you would have had to stop working there right. eventually yeah true right um no that's definitely true uh yeah. quit for a better opportunity that's been the more recent situation and and that's what I hope continues to be the case. Yeah. You've pulled out of uh, multiple interviews 
for like withdrawn withdrawn from interviews yeah. that were likely going to extend an offer. So, yeah, why don't you I've gotten, why don't you start from the top? I've gotten comfortable in these situations. You sure have. You sure have. And um just for everybody listening, I've really leaned on Nicole during my most recent job transition because of her wealth of knowledge. Thank you. That's nice. Yeah. I try. Well, I think I don't know. I think changing jobs so rapidly and there was only one situation where I was like actually terminated. So most of these job changes were my choice. And I think I've learned a ton about being obligated, company loyalty, and then like how to navigate in a tactful and politically correct way, quitting your job and starting a new one. And I, I feel a lot more comfortable now because of it. I think the, the event that prompted or that be, that started all of, all of the job yeah. change was a termination yeah and i think that the the event surrounding that and the situation surrounding that is very interesting and i think that more than just discussing job change like i think it's very appropriate for you to have a platform to to tell that story a little bit because it's, it's unique i think so okay well, it, it's unique, sort of, but also it happened to over 5,000 people. So it did happen to over 5,000 people, and 5,000 people that may have had way more riding on their livelihood yeah. in that industry. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Should I talk about that? Yeah, why don't you just dive right in. Just tell us about Wells Fargo. <laughs> so for you guys who know me, most of you know the whole circumstance around... Me working at Wells Fargo and in banking and being terminated as part of their like 5,300 employees who were let go in 2016. Um, it was a very traumatic experience. I think now I'm in a place where it's not like it's not emotional for me to talk about it anymore. Right. It's not crazy. Um, but at the time it was awful. It was a terrible situation. Um, I started in 2013 with Wells Fargo as a teller and that was just kind of the job I got right toward the end of getting my bachelor's degree. We were engaged and I needed a job, had to pay for a wedding, um, and I've always been financially inclined. Like, I like math, I like budgeting, I've always liked that. And I was able to get a job down here, it was in Sun City, um, as a teller. And that was a great job. You know, you're not working on holidays, you're not working nights, um, some Saturdays, but it's, for the most part, Monday through Friday, very business office situation. And I liked it, besides the fact that it was salesy. I'm not a salesperson. I hate that. I hate trying to force things upon people, and that was always stressful, but it was a good job. Or encourage people to <laughs> uh, to open up Products, just accounts. extra accounts that they yeah. may or may not have even needed. <sighs> yeah, but that was the culture. Yeah. That's what you did. Um, and I loved, loved, loved the people I worked with. And one of my closest friends to this day, I met there, Ariana, shout yep. out. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good job. Um, I was quickly promoted to lead teller. So I kind of took on some supervisory roles and more like compliance related roles, which I liked a lot. Um, in retrospect, if I had stayed in banking, I may have gone that route because compliance is cool. Um, and then after that promoted to banker, which allows you a little bit more face-to-face -face contact with customers and you got a desk, got a desk super fancy, super mm. legit. Um, but there, with that comes a lot more sales goals and pressure to hit those goals. Which you exceeded. 
ethically. No, I, d- I did add. always hit those goals, which was, ethically. which was hard and which was stressful, but I never, right, I never did anything without anyone's knowledge. I would never open an account with someone knowing about it. It was, but that wasn't unheard of. Like that happened at Wells Fargo a lot, which is what kind of prompted the 5,300 firings. Like there really were shady sales practices happening at sure. Wells Fargo and that's the whole scandal. Most, I'm sure most of you already heard about that. Um, it's been a few years. If you um, haven't, feel free to check it out. Um, Google literally anything. Yeah, about it's Wells something. Fargo. It's something to really look into. You know, Wells Fargo like touted that they were, um, you know, one of the one of the banking institutions that would have survived the financial crash of two thousand eight, and you know, were forced to take a bailout because all of the major institutions were taking a bailout. But it just seemed like now, later on. All this shady thing, all of these shady Everything things are like come coming to, to light. light. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then after I was a banker for a little while, I was recommended to get my investment banking licenses. And that just entails a lot of very intricate, detailed investment banking tests that you have to pass. And then you can work kind of in the financial advising realm. And so I did that. I passed all my tests the first time. I really enjoyed that, actually. I got paid to study and take tests, so that was a lot of fun. Um, But pretty shortly after I got licensed is when everything sort of went down. But I feel like I should give a little context. So working at Wells Fargo at that time, and I know it had already gotten a whole lot better when I was there than the years previous, Um, I had heard a ton of stories about how crazy the sales pressure was and the kinds of things that were being done just to hit sales goals. Um, I know that accounts were opened all the time without people's signatures, without people being present. Like you just opened accounts so that you would hit whatever your goal number was. Um, And it wasn't like that when I was there, it wasn't that bad. Um, But that said, our manager specifically was super crazy about hitting sales goals and that was all he cared about. So you could be working with a client who had you know several accounts and had what they needed but whatever they came in for midway through your conversation with them and while you're trying to help them out you have to go to your manager's desk and get approval for whatever you're gonna do and at that point he basically says okay what else can we open for them and even if you have a good explanation as to why they don't need any more products he's gonna come up with a reason for why they do need something else and force you to talk to them about it and you know in those situations that's fine whatever I'll try when they say no okay whatever but Sometimes there were situations where you could talk to someone and they'd be like, oh yeah, no, that might actually work. And so, okay, now you're opening a checking account for someone who already has four checking accounts. And while they're aware of it, it's, you know, it's not super necessary. And so this was encouraged by the, the manager, your, your banking manager who shall, who shall remain nameless. Yeah, no, I'm not going to throw anybody under the Um, You know, the, the very, the very air quotes, ethical manager who was just like but uh, it, a, a, a piranha and like went after everything, including... He, well, he truly was a salesman. Like, sure, he, he, sure. sales is in his blood. He's good at Right, that. right. Yes. In all fairness, he was getting that same pressure from above him. We sure. just didn't see that part of it. But that's that's truly what it was like to work there. And I'm, I'm sure you remember me coming home super stressed out and all worried worried about hitting my numbers and not knowing how it was going to happen because I'm not going to open accounts for people that aren't present, that can't sign for stuff. But anyway, that's kind of what it was like without going into too much detail. It was very stressful. I'm not a salesperson. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. 
And my goal, once I got licensed for the investment banking, was to become an assistant for a financial advisor, which would take me out of that sales role. Like, I would still be involved in banking. I would still hold my licenses and need them and be able to assist customers and assist the financial advisor, but I wouldn't be the one selling products. And that was my goal, is to get out of that situation. And then, so what happened... Let's talk about the firing. The actual... So how did that come about? What what really sparked um, this mass termination across the board? I don't know. Something. Something came to light somewhere. Yeah. Somebody blew the whistle yeah. so hard, and they're like, yeah, True. we got to cover our, our you-know-whats. we got to cover our butts. I don't know. Um, but my so the, the manager that I was referring to earlier had moved on to a different branch. Bigger and we, better things, I'm sure. Yes, and we had just gotten a new manager, poor guy, um, probably a, like a month before this happened. So he wasn't even present for any of the, the reasons that were cited for me being terminated, but he was the one who actually had to fire me, and I, I poor guy, I don't blame him for any of that. But um, one day, I think it was a Wednesday, I don't know how I remember that, but one day I was just sitting at my desk, and the new manager comes over, and he's like, hey, you have a call that you have to take in the conference room. I'm like, okay, that's weird, like what? So I went in there, and it was HR on the phone, and they let me know that I was being investigated. And so this was in July of 2016. And the reasons that they were citing were from the quarter of the last quarter of the year prior. So they were asking me questions about accounts that I had opened from October to December of 2015. Now, mind you, I see, I don't know, 20 people a day. And it's been over six months, six to nine months. Not to mention that the vast majority of your customer basis was geriatric. Was elderly were people. geriatric? Sure. What I don't know. I'm not sure. Sure. Um, well, sure. But basically, what they told me was that in the last quarter of 2015, I opened 145 accounts, and that 15 of those accounts, so just over 10%, which is what I assume was the threshold for this termination. Um, 15 of those accounts were not used after six months. And so in a lot of those cases, it was where we opened a checking and a savings account. The checking account was still being used after six months. The savings account wasn't. And so they said because 15 out of 145 weren't being used, that's higher. They didn't say this, but it's higher than 10%, and that those accounts were unauthorized. And they were asking me about specific customers, and I'm like, man, I, I mean, I don't remember the specific situation. Like, it was nine months ago. I'll try. But I know for a fact that everything I've ever opened was authorized. I never opened anything without someone's consent. I always had signatures on my accounts. It was never, never a situation where I would have opened something without someone's knowledge. And so that was extremely stressful. I remember, like, panicking and being like, okay, well, what's happening? Like, why am I the one being investigated? Like, what's going to be the result of all of this like am I going to get fired and when I asked that she said something like I, I we don't know like we'll be in touch with you but don't talk to anyone about this she said I couldn't talk well, to sure. my yeah she said I couldn't talk to my manager I couldn't talk to any of my co-workers the only person I was allowed to talk to about it was my district manager which was my manager's manager which is someone I would never have spoken to in the Wells Fargo hierarchy meanwhile what? Some high, high quality, very ethical, all in air quotes, um, employees remained unscathed during this right. process. Yeah, that was weird. But I, that's, I, As that's, you can see, I'm still bitter. You are. As you can hear, rather. 
And I, that's not what I want to talk about. That's, I know, I know. We <laughs> I should, don't want to yeah, let, yeah, let's cruise. Let's cruise. Maybe. Let's get to let's get to the good stuff, and then uh, you know the real substantive stuff. So they told me I couldn't talk to anyone. I could talk to the district manager, and so I'm freaking out because this is my career at this point. My my plans are to licensed stay, banker. My right. My plans are to stay with Wells Fargo indefinitely. Um, and I've just been told that I'm under investigation, I may be terminated, and I can't talk to anybody about it. But this is my life. So, like, how can you tell me I can't talk to anyone? So, I remember going back to my desk and emailing the district manager right away and being like, hey, you're the only person I can talk to about this. Do you know what's going on? Like, should I be concerned? And I remember her saying, like, hey, I'll call you after work. And that just never happened. And so... The next day, like I, and I told, I did talk to my coworkers about it because I'm freaking out. And even the person that I can't talk, I can talk to about it doesn't call me. So there's literally no one for me to talk to about this. A lot of support. Yeah. It was terrifying. It's good that they had your back through the whole process. Yeah. But then at each day goes by and I don't hear anything. And so like, I'm starting to relax and feel like, okay, well, I mean, no news has to be good news. Like why would they tell me I'm under investigation and then not say anything at all? Like. Obviously, they must have figured it out, right? And then exactly one week later to the day, my poor new manager calls me in and is like, yeah, they want to terminate you for it. And I just started crying. Like, what are you supposed to do? I was young. We hadn't been married very long. I think I was making more money than you at that point. We had a house. We had a ton of bills. Like, that was my career path. I didn't know what to do. That was my only real professional experience at that time. I just gotten licensed. Like, that's what I thought everything was going to be. And then I remember having to be escorted out. Like, I'm going to make a scene or something. And I was going back to, like, get my lunchbox because I have to get my belongings. Um, and one of my friends who I work with was, like, coming up and talking to me about something. And I'm like, dude, I'm getting fired right now. Like, and she's like, I'm sorry, what? No, yeah, like, I'm being escorted out of the building. I'm getting terminated right now. And everyone was just in, like, such disbelief because it was the most absurd thing ever. And I think you were at work still because this was like toward the end of the day, but the day wasn't over. Like it's still during normal business hours. Um, I beat you home that day. Because I went to my parents' house. Because I was like freaking out and hysterical. Like I just got fired. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And they lived closer. I knew they'd be home. I didn't want to go home and be by myself when I was freaking out. So yeah. anyway, that was terrible. Um, I immediately tried to become rehirable at Wells Fargo because I didn't know what else I was going to do. Right. Um, and they denied that request as well. And everyone that I worked with was like, of all the people to be terminated, I can't believe that it was you. And I'm not saying that to be like bragging or anything like that. But No, but objectively, every single person in the branch was like, yeah. Like, I, I, I honestly think that if, if it was like a blind vote, like they all would have not voted for you. I mean, right. they would have been like, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely not as ethical as Nicole. Well, I tried to pride myself on doing you things did. correctly. And you did. But, but. So, it you doesn't... Got, so you got terminated. Got terminated. What happened after that? I started applying for jobs after I found out I wouldn't ever be rehirable by Wells Fargo. Um, and Chase picked me up really quickly. Boom. Um, I got an interview. I was talking to, th- to them Morgan. about everything. And I, I told them. I was super upfront about it. I was like, hey, I was terminated. Like, And I, at this time, I didn't know how many other people were terminated. I didn't right. know that this was like a vast yes. sweeping the, of cleaning house. I didn't know that. The dust had not yet settled. No. And so I told them, like, hey, I was terminated. I opened 145 accounts. 15 weren't used long term. 
that's what they cited. They said they were unauthorized accounts. This, like, I, I wanted to be super honest and upfront about everything because I didn't want something similar to happen. And I remember the manager who hired me from Chase saying, oh my gosh, like, 10% of your accounts weren't used. Like I strive for those numbers. Like it's not a problem at all. Don't worry about it. And they really wanted to hire me because I was already licensed and they wouldn't have to pay to put me through the licensing what? whole thing again. So what happened after that? And, pause, and you know what? I just want to pause real quick. One, I can hear like I can hear just the the anxiety and the emotion in your voice. And it it like makes me angry yet again. It's okay. You know? um, but like, I don't know. It turned out to be great. Like, well, no, it, I know. This was and a I know. Great and and I, think that it, I think that it's really important for everybody to hear this because what what you did after and, and how you rebounded from this, uh, I think it's really important for people to hear that because a firing is not the end all be all. Please continue. So I had been working at Chase like a month, I think like four weeks. And then it came up that like there were some issues transferring my licenses. And so I couldn't really do what I was hired to do yet. I could do like some other maintenance things for customers and stuff like that. But I couldn't really do my real job that I was hired for. And I was talking to my manager about everything and she didn't seem to be super concerned. But just like, hey, I guess it's taking longer to transfer your licenses. And by the way, just the financial advising industry is super heavily regulated. Like crazy regulated. Because crazy unethical things have happened in the past and so it's something they've had to drop the hammer on yeah case in point like this whole situation right right. but um you mean like what's happening right now like yeah finra is the regulatory agency that kind of governs the licenses and wells fargo had written on my licenses that i had opened unauthorized accounts and so that doesn't look great i know that um but i was super upfront and honest with chase and so i didn't think that that would be an issue but it turns out that even after hiring me and letting me work for a month and knowing the whole situation, they didn't want to carry my licenses because of what Wells Fargo wrote on them. So basically after about, that was like a week later, so about five weeks of working at Chase, I get fired for the same thing that happened at Wells Fargo. Without any cause, without um, any reason, and absolutely no appeal process to go through. So this arbitrary... It was basically like maybe they didn't do their due diligence in looking at my licenses before they hired me. Well, I think it, I what I think is so profound is that this 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 regulatory body takes the information from Wells Fargo wholesale and there's no possible there's like no appeal process for the employee. Well, and it's maybe, like why maybe there is, but at this point I didn't want to fight for it anymore. Well, sure. I, you know, I was I was over it. And and even to this day, like, if there were an opportunity to, like, sue or anything, I don't care. Like, I don't want to work there again. I mean, get money, girl. <laughs> no, but get that's it. not what this is about. Like, that's, I don't know. I'm so much happier in my career right. now than I ever right. was there. Exactly. And well, that's that, fine. But well, Like you said, that's not what this is about. It's not, yeah. this, this podcast episode is not about being terminated. It's about job change. Right. So. But you, I remember calling you being super upset and being like i can't believe this is happening i'm again. gonna leave my she left a plant i did i remember i, left I, left my plant like, I can't even go back i said in. i can't go back and get it because they're gonna know i'm being terminated and i can't do this again like it hasn't even been two months but but i feel like once you once you got home from once you got home from chase that day it just felt different it was like you know what F this. we've been through this we've got this and oh that time was definitely easier well and they were super nice about it because they were like i'm so sorry like this is yeah we, w- we wouldn't have hired you 
Well, and we're I'm, not, we're I'm not definitely still rehirable at Chase. Like, nothing crazy happened at Chase. It's just like... So, basically, me being a licensed banker screwed me. If I would have not been licensed and then been hired by Chase and they put me through the licensing process, it would have been perfectly fine. Thanks, I would, Wells Fargo. Although, I'd probably still be working there today, so I'm super glad that's not the case. Oh, for sure, for sure. But anyway, so that was, that's basically the story. It was awful and it was sad and I had a pity party and I felt bad for myself. But it led me to my first job in a startup at Exchange Leasing, which was a company within Uber. And that was literally to this day, the best job I've ever had in my life. And it turned me on to startups and the culture of transparency that they have. Like I could email the CEO of my company now. I I wouldn't even know who to talk to at Wells Fargo and they certainly wouldn't reply to me. Like it's just such a different culture and you can actually affect change in the startup culture and not just specifically startups, but Wells Fargo and the banking industry is so rigid and heavily regulated that you can't, you're not going to change anything. Well, I find what I find fascinating is that, um, you had two terminations in what, three months, two months, two months, Mm -hmm. two terminations in two months. And then said, you know what? I'm over this area of my life. I want to start pursuing different career paths. And that's exactly what you did. And started, you know, researching different job, what, avenues. Um, And I remember when you, I remember when you got an, uh, what's it, a phone interview with Uber. And I'm thinking, for those who don't know, like, I work, I work downtown. I work at a law firm and Uber's in my same building. I'm like, you, you got to do that because you were you were interviewing with two companies. Yeah. And you had to once you got the once you started to feel that you were moving forward with Uber, you withdrew your. I think I waited until I had an offer. That, okay. That doesn't sound like me. Like I would yeah, wait no, until well, something is more solid. Yeah, correct. Um. Yeah, but it was totally different. I was looking for like administrative positions or anything else kind of in the financial field, but not in banking. Yeah. Because at this point, I don't know if anyone's going to hire me in banking. And also, right. I'm over it. And not going to go through that again. No, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but it ended up getting me into the career path that I'm in now. And I am so much happier. Not stressed out at all. It's such a different culture. And I love it so much. It ended up being a great thing. But it was super traumatic at the time. And the worst part to me, in retrospect, is the people who may have been working at Wells Fargo for like, what, 20, 30 years. Maybe they're the sole breadwinner of their family. They've been a licensed banker forever. If they get terminated, what do they do? Like, that's all their career experience. I was blessed that I was still young and able to switch jobs easily. We weren't supporting kids. We didn't have, we didn't have debt besides our house. But, like, can you imagine if that was your situation and now you literally have no idea what to do? All the while, at least two people remain at Wells Fargo. And, I mean, these are two people that I can't say anything nice about that stayed there for years and years and years and years. Yeah, but that... But part for the course. But so let's... Okay, so we have two terminations. Yeah. Right? Yes. And then you're propelled into a completely new job field, something that has kind of changed your perspective on what you want to do i mean prior to uh exchange leasing you were like it's all banking well and it was there was some comfort in knowing that like anything you're going to do has already been set in stone it's not going to change you just do what you're told but then i got hired in a startup and it was like hey 
this is the objective. We don't know how to get there. Just do it. Right. And it was like, oh my gosh, like I have authority to actually do stuff and run projects and lead teams. And it was like the most- And get free coffee and snacks. Oh, the free coffee though. And I think they had a keg there for a while. They had alcohol for a while, not during like work hours, but- No, of course not. No, it was amazing. It was amazing. And just being, just seeing, like going from double termination to like, oh, I'm the lead of my team and I get to work on all these cool projects that actually matter to what the company's doing. I'm not just trying to hit sales goals. It was amazing. And I think that's what kind of opened my eyes to like, you can find a job and a career path that works for you, that you like, that you're passionate about. You don't need to stay in a job that you don't like. And it took me being terminated for me to realize that. I don't know that I would have found that if I had to leave on my own. I'm not a risk taker. Right. But I think that's what made me be like, oh, like, it's fine. You can find something else, even when you think the situation is horrible. Well, if if your faith wasn't tested, if your if your grit wasn't tested before, I mean, this is, this is like, I feel like this is, like, the most, like, to be continued, like, this is where I would show up. If we were going to, like, run an ad or something, I would yeah. be like, to be continued, bum, bum, bum. And then we'd be like, hey, have you heard about Audible? You can download <laughs> all the books you want to read. No, um, so the drama... Yeah. The drama does not end <laughs> there. Two terminations. What's next? Well, okay, no, let's... Sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. First termination, it was pretty rough. Yeah, huh? It, it just, it hit us hard. We we were... We, I... Financially, we were fine because yeah, of our, our budgeting. Yeah, but I filed for unemployment. You sure did. So I was panicking. We, yeah. We uh, did not make a lot of money. Well, and, and, and we would have needed the unemployment to, to make make the difference we would have yeah. we we would have been fine but which we is would, not a lot of money by the way right and we wouldn't have been saving anything but we no. would have been able to pay our mortgage and our bills right. and you know and stay afloat right um second termination kind of like meh. i mean this sucks and it's like a gut punch like kick but, you while you're down but, but it's clear that banking is no longer a viable option time to right. time to time to go elsewhere also why am i trying so hard to stay in a field that stresses me out this much anyway right oh you were stressed out all the time oh yeah uh-huh right yep. okay time out i want to tell the story um so okay wait let no. me give the background is this the guy yeah. at the yes okay oh, no, okay no, no, wait wait no, no, no. let me let me Oh, are you going to talk about my I'm attitude? I'm going to give the background. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to give the background. Okay. Nicole is the sweetest person I know. That's not And true. I remember that she was working in an area where it's primarily... It's a retirement community. Yeah, primarily elderly. And when she first started, she's like, oh my gosh, they're so cute. Oh my gosh, they're just so cute. Those old people are just so cute. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's like cool. sound like to you? And, um, and then, like it, then I, I thought that the... Um, that her coworkers were contributing to her dislike for elderly people because yeah. then it just started changing. She's like, oh my gosh, they're so annoying. They don't know what they're <laughs> they doing. They are so annoying. They're like, why are you even in the bank? Use the app. And then, you know, like they well, come they in can't. and, oh they yeah. They physically cannot. Right. And they're like, uh, just, just, just getting, just getting taken wholesale well, for also, scams and all these things. Pause. The other part that's, that was stressful about that is that these people don't like change and they come in, and any any customer that comes in, you're expected to sell them something. So if people don't come in, at least we have an excuse for why we haven't hit our sales goals. But if they do come in, we gotta sell them something. Sure. So stressful. Anyway, continue. So anyways, I, um, Nicole had to work some Saturdays, and I dropped her off at work on a Saturday, and I remember parking out in front of the bank, and I just turned to her and I said, you know what, I really think that the people 
that you're working with are bringing you down and they're 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 create they're like um influencing you to like just dislike these old people because you were so you liked them you thought they were so cute my attitude was bad yeah you're, like, you had a bad attitude i was yeah. like yeah hey man you got a bad attitude about like all the old people no sooner did i say that i swear i swear listen guys it was ridiculous i turned to my right looked at my wife said the statement that i just said turned right and looked right above the steering wheel and here's this elderly man just shuffling in pie-eyed like he was just Lost. dropped out of a spaceship had no idea big old patch over his a bandage a bandage like, like if you didn't cut gauze at all he just stuck the whole gauze yeah, on his face giant bandage on his cheek you know how like the skin gets like bruised underneath and he's just like shuffling like staring into the sky and i kid you not he had a Pittsburgh Steelers hooded sweatshirt on backwards and the hood is just folded would, right in front of it. And I was just like <laughs> the hood was like it would catch food, perhaps. Yeah. If he didn't miss if he didn't make his mouth. And I just looked back at Nicole and I said, Well <laughs> have a good one. Love you. Bye, babe. <laughs> because really at that time there's nothing anyway. Okay, so no, let's get back let's get back on track. Um so we have the drama doesn't end. We have two terminations. Second termination is a little bit better than the first. Um, you get this great opportunity with a startup, kind of thinking, hey, this is the area, I, you know, I this, said, is, this is where I want to be. I said pretty quickly, if I can work in startups the rest of my life, I will 100% sure. do that. All right. Well, then shortly after that, what happened? <laughs> it failed. It failed. <laughs> um, was not profitable. A lot of issues. Um, and so basically, they were going to shut down and we all had to find new jobs, which was awful because i loved the people i worked with i loved my job i loved the culture i loved everything about that job it was amazing but it led me into startups and the career path that i'm in now i I work for a different startup now and it's awesome well and you worked and you went directly into a different startup correct um so well after i would say that because you had so much experience in the startup field others you you became more attractive to other startups yeah so even well, though, I worked on a lot of cool projects with Uber, so right. I had a lot of experience with startup things. That... And so even though one project, or even though one door closed, another one opened, yeah. and um, I, I remember feeling when when Exchange, you know, when they were locking up the doors, that that it wasn't at all the end of the world, you no. know? And it really wasn't even, like, that scary of a time, if I recall correctly. No, no. It was like, okay, well... Well, there are others. Yes, that's definitely true. And I, I want to talk about you too, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. But um, yeah, let's cruise. Oh wow, we're 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 in it for a while. Okay, so um, yeah, because we got to cover comments, we got to roll. All right, so we're gonna talk about you too. Yeah, I know, no. Um, but as far as being helpful, well, what started this whole episode, like wanting to talk about job change, is that you got a new really awesome job recently. And I know that quitting your job was really hard. You've been at the same job for five years, which is a long time, especially for people in our generation. Millennials are notorious for job hopping, and I'm the worst of them. But that's becoming more acceptable. It's not that big of a deal to job hop anymore. And five years for someone your age is a really long time to stay somewhere. So well, and I'll so I'll I'll tell I'll tell that um, for for those of you know that I was when I when I was let go from. Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. I, I struggled for a little while to find like a, a decent job. I worked as a teacher's assistant for a while. Couldn't, just couldn't take 
that it, it was a teacher's assistant for a like it was a um, school for the kids that nobody else wants. Yeah, it was really hard, um, and I ended up taking a temp position with a law firm. Um, that was my goal, anyways. It's in always, the records department. Yeah, in the records department. Shout out to records. Um, <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like, this is this is the beginning. This is where I want to be, and it's always where I wanted to be. Um, my family has several people that have worked in the legal industry. Your grandpa was uh, really prominent. Yeah, uh, my grandfather was a prominent attorney in Illinois. My mom. Uh, works for a uh, really an, an international law firm and, and 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 it's always been we've always had that that direction she's you know she's really really championed that position and kind of sh- I've taken that lead like hey this is this is what I wanted um and then I busted my butt and went to school went we, to school, we put you I, school. yeah obtained several degrees and certifications, climbed the ladder five years later. I loved my job. It was hella stressful. Um, But I was a certified paralegal in the intellectual property department. And that was like my career trajectory. I was loving life. I mean, we're we're doing really well. And then all of a sudden... But, but, that said, your career trajectory also ended there. Unless to you some, were going to go degree, to law yeah. school, yeah, to some degree, you were going to be a paralegal indefinitely, yeah. and yeah. you would get pay raises, sure, sure, but the but next there aren't a lot of stepping stones, right? The next step is like senior paralegal, which you know, which wouldn't have been that much. It, different it, from it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't super right. appealing. So um, I, I got a chance through a long interview process to work with um, kind of this is like kind of a dream job with the yeah. with the university, um, and telling my employer was very difficult because well and your situation's a little different because when you got hired in that into that position when you moved into that position they said we want someone who's going to stay here for a long time right right and, and i said and the person yes. whose job you took over was there for how long 30 years 30 years they're still there they That's they're insane. working like a they're working like a contract a position That's crazy yeah they never left um, but let, to, you know what, if you're still listening, thank you. It's been 45 minutes of our, of our, you know, just nonsense, but let's really get into the nuts and the bolts of talking to employers. Yeah. You have excelled at talking to your employer and being honest and forthright. What are some of the things that you've struggled with, um, going forward? My concerns with talking to employers. Um, I really am always just concerned about letting people down. Yeah. Which is a good thing. I'm empathetic. I am responsible for myself. I like to get my work done and help the team out. So I know that leaving a team one person short sucks. However, if you are able to find a better opportunity for yourself and your family, you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you do not hold a company up by yourself. No, they because... They will not crumble without you. Right. And we've already seen that the loyalty... Does not go both Does ways. not extend, uh, you know... Well, our parents... To you. And like the baby boomer generation, there was a ton more company loyalty, but a lot of that came from pensions and retirement. Sure. If you stayed at your company 20 plus years or 30 plus years and retired there, you got a pension. That's not a thing anymore. No. So there's no reason to stay anywhere for 20 years unless you are on a good career trajectory that works for you. There's, right. There's no reason. And for those who don't... Who, who think that pensions are great. I mean... They are great. 
But that's not a they thing. They can be great. Wait, but I I can't even think of somewhere I could go and have a pension. Oh no. Besides the state. Well, honestly, I wouldn't want one. No. I well, I, now, I prefer to take my retirement. Yeah, 401ks. Right. Have made retirement plans mobile. I've got a Roth 401k now, and Holla, do that you know what? If you can. Hey, listen, taxes never go down, man. No, pay, pay those taxes up front. But anyway. Booyah. 401ks, you can roll Does over to. Do you say booyah anymore? You do, apparently. Well, I just said it now, but then when I said it, Kim I was Possible. like... Kim Possible. Do you remember Kim Possible? No. Oh. But when I said it, I was like, ugh. It was yeah, like, no, it's not good. It's, would... it's like, it, to me, it felt like the equivalent if I was like, what's up? No. It basically, I wouldn't do that again. Everybody <laughs> just turned off the podcast <laughs> right now. Here, they're like, you're a champion. They're like, forget it. It's been 45 minutes, and then I hear them say that. Anyway, so company loyalty isn't the same from the employee side, but it's also not the same from the company side. They, especially with millennials entering the workforce, turnover has gotten a lot higher anyway because we're looking for better opportunities. If we don't think where we're working is going to give us a career path that we want, if we can clearly see that people get stagnant super quick, why would you stay there? There's no reason to. Well, and and I, I, I think that upward mobility exists inside some organizations, but once you get to a place where you plateau, you know when you plateau. I yeah, mean, absolutely. You, you know that once you reach that, like, the pinnacle of your your skill level, you either have to go... Somewhere else. Somewhere else. Or you have to fight super hard, harder than you would have to fight... If you just, just went somewhere else. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's well, the big difference. And you're working with people who maybe you know have been there 15 and 20 years and are the same position you are. You're like, right. so I don't want to be here for 20 years doing the same thing. So, you know, I remember having the hard conversation... Do you remember how stressed out? Yeah. So just a background, like it wasn't as if I didn't like my job. You had left some jobs prior that, that I didn't like that you didn't Absolutely, like. Absolutely, yeah. And it was still very hard. Do you oh, wanna, because you I always love the people I work right. with. I'm I always make really strong connections with the right. people I work with, and it's hard because I feel like I'm letting them die. And you always give out a good work product, but really, you you listen, gotta do what's best you for guys, you. You guys, I know that I know that it'll be hard, and I know that it's stressful, and I know that it's. It's emotional. Above, to put in your two weeks. Above all, yeah. like it is, it is emotional. That that is the one thing that I struggle with the most. Absolutely, me too. Me like, too. logically, I'm like, boom, done. We we did pros and cons. If you're rational you know, about it, it's an easy decision. Yeah, you can if do a weighted matrix. It is, but but when it comes hard. down to it, it's like, I don't want to let down my boss. They gave me a chance to do this, or you know, I mean, and I was qualified. I was fully qualified to do what I did and to get the promotion promotions that I got but like to me it was like they gave me this opportunity and here I am telling them like hey I love your opportunity but it's not good enough or you know I I want to do better and that is okay so what was your biggest struggle um my big my biggest struggle was exactly what they said to me when I Mm -hmm. what my so most people in my organization knew that the opportunity that I that I had was too good to pass up. The, How, this new job you're talking The new about. job, yeah. Yes. However, there was one person that I knew was going to respond in a certain way, and they absolutely did. I said, hey, I have been offered a position with the university to do uh, you know, this really cool position in tech transfer, and they said, but we've invested in you. And, I, and it was like, you know, it was such a gut punch because it's like, yeah. that's exactly what I knew was coming. Yeah. And you know, and it was exactly what I feared. You know exactly what the issue is going to be when you leave. And you know what? If you're unlucky or lucky enough, you're going to get faced with that reality. But 
you have to stay steadfast and you really have to know that you have to know what your what you want and what your goals are. Yeah, and that that the uncomfortable feeling will subside and your family and your your sphere of influence is what you have to um, take into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and if you Although I put in an 8-week notice, so I, I was like <laughs> it was like it was like uh, revisiting the scene of a crime again and again and again and yeah. again and I still have another week so you know you're almost done almost. but you know that whoever you're talking to if they were in the same situation as you they do the same thing gone yes because Bounce. the opportunity truly the opportunity you've been given is amazing yeah and it's way better than what you would have had at your current yeah. job so no matter what they've invested in you yep. you have to do what's best for you and your family but i one my employer my current employer came back with a fantastic counteroffer that which I, had I was to, really impressed with yeah actually. that i had to turn down which yep. is hard yep. but you know what at some time you got to take a chance on yourself my yep. biggest fear there was that i was going to be inadequate at the next job and that i would fail um you know there, there's so many reasons not to do something but but i mean good god you just you got to take risks you know, sometimes because great things happen when you do stuff sure. that's scary yeah well and and what really came down to it is that when we did a pros and cons list Every single pro for staying at the job related to almost every single pro related to convenience. Yeah, that's not a good enough reason. It's not a good enough reason. Sorry. No matter how com, you know what though? No matter how comfortable it is, comfort can actually be the enemy in that situation. Oh, absolutely. That's how you get stagnant. Absolutely. That's how you stay somewhere fifteen years and you haven't advanced at all, and right. then you're like, "How did this happen?" Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You you've stayed somewhere because it's comfortable, and the next thing you know. The industry has passed you and your yeah. your position by, Absolutely. and you're what, not inadequate, but you're uh, you're older obsolete. than everybody else. Yeah, you're obsolete, and you haven't been keeping yep. up. Yeah. So you know you can you can say that that is the the, the problem with with our our uh, economic structure, and I I understand that that you know you can you can feel that way, but you got to grind, man. And you know what? I love learning new stuff, and I know me that too. you do too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a lot of people's concerns. We'll get to the comments and stuff like that. But a lot of people's concerns about starting a new job is having to learn everything from the ground up again. And that is scary because a lot of times when you're leaving a job, you're the subject matter expert and people come to you with questions. You know what you're doing. You're comfortable. And then you start a new job and you don't know anything. And yeah. You're the one being trained. I put in five years of building goodwill with these yeah. people. Well, actually, it's uh, been five years and eight months because well, I attempted at for a portion of that time. Well, and you built programs that made things more efficient and you learned all the systems that you needed to know and you're comfortable with what you're doing and now you're going to have to start over but you're good at learning new things and you're going to pick it up just like you picked up your last job like sure. that that's scary yes but you can do it you've done it before everybody can well let's get to some of the comments that people had when we floored the question um, yeah i on social media on um, our instagram which is at let's be realistic pod i asked what are your biggest fears and concerns and anxieties about like quitting one job and starting a new one yeah and if you're if you're going to recheck what you uh wrote on our our social media then um that's awesome but if you want to see what other people put because we're not going to get to cover everybody go ahead and uh check out all of our social media at let's be realistic pod on instagram and twitter is at let's the letter b underscore realistic um but my friend david from elementary school i've known him forever said the hardest part for me is that you feel like you're cheating on your employer because you have to sneak around for interviews 
And then if you really do like your job, how do you use another offer to your advantage? Plus, there's the fear that the new job might be terrible. That resonates with me a lot because I've had some amazing bosses. And my biggest fear when changing jobs is always, what if my boss blows? Because I've also had terrible bosses. But it was never, I mean, well, maybe not never, but it. I, I don't think that the... The, the bosses is one thing, but the work is another. Like, you, you don't sure. stay at a job... Because of your boss. Because of your boss. I think some people do. Oh, I'm sure they do. for us, that's hard. Because your day is filled with whatever you're right. doing. Maybe you don't have that much contact with your boss anyway, you know? Right. Like, it's yeah, like, it's great to have a great boss, but what you're doing for eight hours a day is what's really going to grind on you. Yeah, I'm doing data entry, but I have a super sick boss. Yeah. Versus, like, I'm doing some super sick work, but I've got this boss that's just a total Horrible. jerk. Like... I mean, it, it's, it's like the scales are almost balanced yeah. and you're like, where, where do I go? So how well, do I handle and, that? And feeling like you're cheating on your employer and sneaking around does suck. And I don't think you'll ever really get over that like guilty, anxious feeling. But I think you can always redeem yourself a little bit by being super honest. Um, but that depends also on your boss situation, like how good your relationship is with your manager. I don't, I do not. Now, you may feel differently. I do not believe that you should discuss looking for a new job with your current employer if you're happy where you're at no i i wouldn't either yeah i wouldn't either look don't Um, do anything until you get an offer an offer and then at, at that point once you have an offer from wherever you're interviewing with have an honest conversation with your boss these are the reasons why i looked for a different job this is what they're offering me and if you want to stay even a little bit allow them to give you a counter offer and see if it how it compares to the new offer the amount of time it would have taken me to get the pay raise that they offered me after they knew that i had an offer on the table it would have taken me years yep they literally were like but that's exactly how you you use a new offer to your advantage right that's exactly how because you can get a raise in five minutes right and you know what had had they been had i stayed it would have been fine it would have been fine, but you still would have been stagnant in your right. career path. That's well, something no, you have but, to weigh. But as far as, like, how do you, when, when David asks, how do you leverage that? Well, you stay super gracious. Yeah. You be very honest and forthright, and you just, you just... Lay it all out there. Yeah, just tell the truth. Um, you know, I'm happy where I'm at, but there was an offer I'm entertaining because... Because of all these benefits. Well, yeah, and, and because... I'm I'm responsible for myself and my family. Like I, I'm just gonna check this out. Like I have no reason not to. Um, sure, I'm happy, but you never know. Yep. So, um, and then when an employer hears that, if they really like you, they're gonna fight to keep you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a humbling feeling, man. Really. Yeah. No, I that's like, crazy. Wow. Like, wow, I can't believe that you guys would offer me that. Yeah. Um, Alexander said, it was always hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that employers expect your loyalty and dedication, yet the leadership rarely does anything to inspire that. And that's kind of what we touched on. Like, if the tables are turned, a company can replace you in 10 seconds. You know? Like, you are expendable in most cases. Unless you're, like, the CEO of a company. In which case, you're also still kind of expendable. So, the whole loyalty thing has changed, definitely, over the years. And our generation has kind of made that a little more... A thing of the past. Yeah, and the entity itself doesn't take your feelings into consideration no. when, I mean, the, the the person who's delivering the bad news might, mm-hmm. but the organization itself is cold and calculated and focused on the bottom line. It doesn't take your your bills. It doesn't take, um, you know, the fact that, yeah, your, your health care, it doesn't take that into consideration. So, right. you know, it's it's cold, but you're, you cannot... Um, you can't put your own emotions on... To the company. They yes. don't feel the yeah. same way. 
They don't. Yeah. No, that's definitely true. Um, and then we do have one funny comment. Um, my sister, Miranda, is one of the funniest people that we know. and But she's also ridiculous. I feel like that needs to be said. Well, listen, listen. I think... Um, no, I think she... Okay, guys, look. This it's funny, but I, I think she really had some valid valid questions. Uh, I think I think they're really valid points on what uh, on some issues that you know changing jobs. We're um, considering having just a short little segment on some episodes called Moments with Mer or Moments with Miranda. Moments with Miranda. <laughs> you know, like some some like twinkling music and be like Moments with Miranda. We'll have you record that. Yeah. With your jazzy podcast voice. Oh, hey, welcome. So. I posted the question on Instagram, like, tell me your biggest fears and anxieties about starting a new job. <laughs> and this is verbatim. <laughs> I'm reading what she wrote. She said that everyone will call me spicy meatball. <laughs> I'm afraid that people will find out I bring spicy meatballs to work. <laughs> I'm scared that people will just assume I have claw hands. And I couldn't, I couldn't read that without cracking up for many days. So that's just a little taste of what she's like. I don't know how her brain comes up with these things, but it gave me a great laugh this week. I don't think Miranda's ever made a meatball, spicy no, or otherwise. she doesn't know how to do that. Yeah, and no. certainly hasn't brought any to work. No, Where she works, but we don't know. I, don't I know. do know. I 100% know she's never made a meatball. Now, the claw hands thing is interesting. <laughs> you know, perhaps, she, perhaps she's been hiding, you know, uh, claw hands, and we just don't know. Ew. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, we'll probably bring her on at some point. She's pretty funny. Give you yes. guys a good laugh. Yes, very, very entertaining. Um, I think we should probably at some point do like a, a more in-depth like statistical analysis of um, job change and generation, generational things like that. Um, I think we had a little bit more planned, but then I talked for a million years about myself. So just sorry about that. Um, we'll probably put another episode out about job change and other things to be concerned about. I think we have enough content for that. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, if you like what you hear so far and you're you're still with us, uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening. We yeah. appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you know, you guys are make it all worth it when we hear hear that positive feedback or yeah. or hear like, hey man, we we heard you guys on the podcast and we, we tweaked our budget or yeah. um, what you said. Somebody with, did hit me yes. up to actually help them with their budget. And that yeah. makes me so happy. So thank you guys. Yeah. We love that you're listening and taking things that we say seriously. Another really cool thing. Um, one of our, one of our listeners and uh, you know, one of our best friends uh, showed me his, showed me his every dollar app and was like, Hey, check this out. And he pointed to it and it was a blessing category. What? Yeah, blessing category. That's awesome. Yeah, and he's like, man, he's just telling me all these stories about um, how they added a, a blessing category into their budget, and they were like blessing people, and, but the people cool. that they were blessing were like, I don't know, like, it, it I don't feels know what like, to yeah, do. I don't know what to do. Aww, it's like so just cool. deal with it. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun for us. That's awesome. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think that's it. I, I mean it's a lot it's oh, a lot it's of a lot. time that yeah. we've gone on about ourselves right. so thank you guys we love you so much all right bye bye